your hands together for Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This means war. Hallelujah. Bible says that signs and wonders follow the word. So it's always good to put the word on any situation. Amen. Amen. This means war. <laughs> amen. Amen. I rejoiced in that because last week this time I couldn't walk. So amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So this means war. The word of God says, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. And he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man, according as he purposed it in his heart, so let him give. Not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. And God is able, that's the part I like, and God is able to make all grace abound toward you. Somebody say me. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you always, somebody say always, having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. As it is written, he has dispersed abroad, he's given to the poor, his righteousness remaineth forever. Now he which ministered to the sower both ministered bread for your food and multiply your seed sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. So God don't add, God multiplies. Hallelujah. 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 So as you purposed it in your heart, amen, and to give. See, you should have got excited right then. Because God loves a cheer forgiver. Hallelujah. Bow your heads, let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, God, for this opportunity to give into the kingdom of God. You promised in your word to open the windows of heaven 
pour us out a blessing there wouldn't be room enough to receive. You also said, God, that you give seed to the sower and multiply our seed that is sown. So we thank you in advance for what you're about to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Come on, clap your hands and tell the Lord thank you. The urchins are coming.
Amen, somebody. Amen. Amen, somebody. How many of you know that it's good to always meet somebody? You don't know who you might be meeting. You might be shaking hand with Jesus. Amen. So what we want to take this time in behalf of the pastor and his wife and Zion Hill Missionary Baptist Church, we want to take this time to meet and greet each of every one of you. We want to just shake your hands and let you know that God is yet alive. Why don't we stand our feet and just go around the room and just meet and greet one another at this time.
How about the choir? Holy God, we are grateful, grateful for all the blessings. And thank God for all of our pastors and ministers. We're glad to have everyone in the house of the Lord. Will you please stand with me as we read the word of God? Please don't forget, our October 1st is here. Amen. Let's come out and celebrate all of our young people. And let's just come out to support them and show that we care. Also, seize the opportunity to invite somebody to Christ. Amen. Don't forget you have a ministry called Come and See. So mix and mingle, feed them good, shake their hand, love them, hug them, and let them know this church is a place where everybody is welcome. Amen. All minds clear? Turn with me to the book of Ephesians. We're not going to be long this morning. We want to call your attention to just one verse of the Bible. I've been praying for the day when I'll be able to preach two verses. But you might be here all day. <laughs> Praise God. The book is Ephesians, chapter 3, verse 20. Very familiar scripture. We say congratulations to all of you that are doing great things. Uh, we had some conference by Sister Lavelis. Amen. That's a blessing. We have many of our preachers preaching assignment and engagement. I love it. That's the will of God. We have people who are getting married. Uh, Papa Bookman's daughter got married. Amen. Congratulations. And Sister Edith got married. Amen. I'm just enjoying all these blessings. All I need to do is show up and eat. Who will not serve a God like that? <laughs> we thank God for all the good report. Thank God for healings. Sister Jaco Sidney is doing very well. To God be the glory. sing and sing and sing and then my wife and I I was just the spectator the two of them singing so I was ready just to collect the offering so that's fast to know how to do that <laughs> but I was glad that she is in good spirit and rejoicing in the Lord thank God for healing miracles in this house 
Pastor Edison was sick, now he's healed. Jaco Sidney is healed. Amen. To God be the glory. Now you see why I'm so happy. <laughs> the book is Ephesians, chapter 3, verse number 20. The Bible said, Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you can ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. That's what we want to share with you this morning. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the word of God. Holy Spirit, we welcome you into this place. Thank you for the praise report. Thank you for all the miracles. Thank you for the singing, the worship, the dancing. We just want to give you all the glory. And thank you for another beautiful day. Holy Spirit, I ask that you help me to proclaim the gospel this morning. For without you, we can do absolutely nothing. Lord, I speak increase in the life of every believer under the sound of my voice. Even me, Lord, I thank you for multiplication. I thank you for the anointing to flow freely or hinder without any interruption this morning. Lord, I thank you that your place will be a place of healing miracle. Thank you for this church. Thank you for what you have done. Thank you for what you are doing right now. And thank you, oh God, for what you're about to do. In Jesus' name. And the church say, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Our subject for discussion is titled, Presence and intimacy with God. There are two things in that subject matter that you and I must have. One is called intimacy with God. Another thing that you need to make sure you have in your Christian journey is to always be in the presence of God. Why is this important? Because when God created you and me, he created you and me for fellowship. He just wants you, me, all of us, to dwell in his presence. And he wants to fellowship with us on regular basis. But you know the story. Sin separated us from God. So since that happened, God has been trying to figure out a way to get us all back together. You know how you're in a relationship 
and then there's a breakup. Now, if there's true love among the two, don't drop your head now. If the two of you truly care for one another, you will find a way to get back together. In a nutshell, I just told you the whole Bible. That's what the Bible is all about. It's the story of two lovers. God and you and me, men, women, people. And they break up because he is holy. He cannot dwell with uncleanliness or sinfulness. But since the breakup, he's been trying to figure out a way for us to get back together. Tell somebody I got it. In his effort to get us all back together, one time his people were captured and they were in Egypt land as slaves. They were there for 430 something years. That's what sin would do for you. I've been there. I can testify. Sin will put you and me in slavery. Amen. Many of you now, you are dressed up, you look good, but you are in slavery. It's a chain in your hand, but you can't see it. But the good news is that it's always the, the heart of God to set all of us free. I've been there. I have a souvenir. I can testify. I know what it is to be in bondage. And I know what it is to be free. So... God sent Moses to confront the bad guy and the people of Israel got free. Then they're now on their way to the promised land. I'm sure you know this story. And one year into the journey, God appeared to Moses and said, I want you to make me a box. We call it the ark. And ladies and gentlemen, God told Moses all the instruction how that box is to be made. And then God told Moses that I want to reunite with my people. My presence will be in that box. He said, I will talk to the people from that little box. I'll be standing in between the two cherubims, the two angels, and the mercy seat. And I will be speaking to the people. And I will bless the people. I will help them. I will show them truly that I care for them. And sure enough, Moses did exactly like God said. The Bible recorded that there were three items 
that were in the box, just like God commands. One of those items is the tablet that God gave to Moses on Mount Sinai. We call it the Ten Commandments. Written by the fingers of God. One day I will preach you on a subject, the fingers of God. Because when God writes something, somebody better be paying attention. Those tablets contain the standard that God wants his people to live by. Am I still in the book? Ladies and gentlemen, another item in that box is a bowl or a jar of manna. That's God's way of letting the people know that he is a God of provision. And I can stop there and preach to somebody this morning. If you are lacking anything in your life, if you're behind in your bills, if debt is weighing you down, if you're struggling in any area of your life, oh, it's good to know that your God is a God of provision. His name is Jehovah Jireh. Just look at somebody next to you and say, My God shall supply all of my needs. Say it like you mean it. My God shall supply all of my needs. Hallelujah, somebody. I don't know about you. I wish you can talk to my wife sometimes. I've been through seasons that I don't have nothing. But I've always felt like I have everything. Because I embrace the revelation that there is a bowl with manna. That God has a way of feeding those who are hungry. God has a way of paying your bills. You may not know when, you may not know how, but he'll make a way out of no way. Do I have a witness in the house? Amen, somebody. It's good to know I'm not alone. Another thing that was in that little box was a rod. Because that's God's way of showing the people whom he has chosen. You see, many are called, but few are chosen. One time there was a scoreboard, just like we'd, we go through sometimes in churches, everybody juggling for power. Who is going to be the HNIC? Who is going to run the show? Who is going to be in charge? So the same thing with the people of Israel. They were fighting among themselves. What tribe? Who is going to be the head hunter? And God said, well, we'll settle this. 
There are 12 tribes. He said, every one of you, back then, the people of Israel, they walk around with, with a big rod, you know, because that's part of their culture. It's also symbolic of a representation of each tribe. So God told them, all of you, come lay your rod, your rod on the pulpit at the altar in the church and go home. Come back the next morning. Whoever rod begin to grow new plants, he said, that's the one that I've chosen. I want you to know, my brothers, my sisters, those people, they obey God, they put all their rod in the church at the altar. That's why I commend those of you, every now and then you see uh, oil. There's a reason why you put it at the altar. Because it's an anointing. Has nothing to do with your pastor. That is why you cannot be acting a fool in the choir stand. You are on holy ground. That is why our pastor cannot just be acting up. This is dedicated. God said, leave all your rod here, go home. And sure enough, they came the next day. And one of those rods began to grow new plants. So they recognized that whoever owned that rod is the chosen. And it happens to be the rod of Aaron. God has a way of distinguishing you. You don't have to fight for position. When God gets ready to bless you, no devil can stop it. I share this with you in the past, but many of you, sometimes you don't believe things. Sometimes it takes a while to catch it. I've worked for a few employers in my life. I never asked for one dime. They will always ask me, how much do you want for salary? I never give them an answer. And I always end up being the highest paid. That include this church. God is my witness. Some of you are sitting here today. You were on that committee to decide my salary. People even told me, Pastor, you are being mistreated. You are worth more than they pay you. I said, don't worry about it. You know why? Because I know. What God has for me, it is for me. If you receive that, say amen. amen. I, there was one of our young girls here. It's one of those Aaron's girls that God used to sing that song and deliver my soul. Today, I'm one of the highest paid preachers. I never ask one dime. Sometimes you need to learn to be still and know 
the God is on your side. Mr. Aaron, whose rod budded, he could have been fighting. But the weapons of your warfare are not carnal. They are mighty through God for the pulling down of stronghold. Everywhere I've ever worked, I end up being the highest paid. God is my witness. What is the secret? Let God fight your battle. That's what Sally be singing for me. That's why I have nothing against Shirley. There's something about Sally. I just, I just got a revelation that the battle is not yours. The battle is the Lord. God distinguished errant. No other rod grow new plants. There's another lesson. I don't have time to, to deal with that. But you know, those rods were dead things. But somehow, God made a dead thing to come back to life. I'm talking about resurrection. <laughs> Ooh, glory. I don't know who I'm speaking to today. But whatever is dead in your body, God can bring it back to life. Open your mouth, shout amen. I don't care what the doctor have told you. I don't care what the diagnosis say. But there is a God who never run out of spare parts. He can fix the eye. He can fix that knee of yours. He can fix your back. He can, he can heal every pain, every hurt. Whatever is broken, whatever is dead, God can bring it back to life. If that applies to you, open your mouth, shout aloud, amen. amen. These are the items in that little box. Isn't that something? And ladies and gentlemen, God was true to his word. He will speak to them. From that box. That box represents, from a theological standpoint, it represents the presence of God. Now you see what I'm talking to you about the presence and intimacy with God. That little box, it was so much of a presence, but it was also. The power of God. The Bible records wherever they go, they took the box with them. Oh, I wish I get time to help somebody. If you can learn how to get in the presence of God, and you can take him with you wherever you go, no weapon form of fashion against you shall prosper. 
and every tongue that rise up against you, you have the authority to condemn. This is the heritage of the servant of Almighty God. In my own Christian journey, I feel sorry for anybody trying to fight me. No, seriously. Just, just rewind. You, you've been knowing your past for a while. Just watch what happened to every one of them. They are either dead or they are fired. And I'm still here. Still standing. You need the presence of God in your life. These people, if they are traveling, they will take that box with them. Are you listening to me? The box represents the presence of God. When they go to war, they take the box with them. The Bible said that even as they are traveling, when they get to a place where they're going to spend the night, they take the box and set it in the midst of the people. And for 40 years, ha, Jesus, not one of them was sick. For 40 years, not one of them was feeble. And for 40 years, everything they needed, God made a way. When they're hungry, God ran down. Hamburger from heaven. Oh, Lord, help me, Jesus. I'm talking about the importance of the presence of God in your life. It's not enough to come to church. It's not enough to be saved. You need the presence of God. The presence of God was so powerful. When these people are coming... River Jordan saw them coming. And before they got to, to the river, once the people, the preachers who were carrying that box, once they step in the water, the water began to run away. <laughs> Hallelujah. Few days ago, I was privileged to train preachers on how to, to grow their church. I said, one of the things that you need to do in your church, you see, because there comes a time when these people lost the box. It's a long story, but I'll get through the chase. David became king and recovered what was lost. But when they were bringing the box back, they got a new cat. It's like buying a Cadillac Escalade. Premium, ultimate. Oh, I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> it's good to be blessed, you know. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> every time I get news that one of my members buy a new car, my heart rejoices. Don't be a player hater. Just be happy for people that are blessed. You see, my own girl just got a new car. 
ಇದು ಸಾಲಿ somebody dead for touching the box. Why is that important? I told the preachers that I was training that the presence of God must be carried on the shoulder of men, not on a new cart. If you want the presence of God to heal you when you are sick, to fight your battle, to lead you and guide you and protect you, your children, your children's children. You've got to be willing to carry. Not on a new car, but on your shoulder. I'm talking about the presence of God. You need him, and sure enough, I need him. Ladies and gentlemen, you remember when they got to Jericho. They walk around the walls seven days. On the seven days, seven times. But it is not the walk. It is not the shout. It is the presence of God. They were carrying that box in front of them. And when the walls of Jericho saw the presence of God, the walls came tumbling down. I prophesy today to somebody, every wall that the devil has built in your life, it shall all come down in Jesus' name. Open your mouth, shout amen. amen. We don't serve a dead God. Everything the devil meant for evil, for you and your children, that wall will come down in Jesus' name. Ladies and gentlemen, when the Philistines stole the box, oh, I wish I had time. They stole the box. They stole the presence of God. And God dealt with them. Harshly. They begin to fall sick. They begin to die. So much that they call Israel, come get your box. <laughs> oh, glory. <laughs> God is a good God. What am I trying to tell you? The presence of God. Is there for your protection. The presence of God is there for your healing. The presence of God is there for your provision. That's why David could say, the righteous are never forsaken. Their seed never beg for bread. 
But I told you at some point, the presence of God, the, the box was captured. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm trying to hurry up now because I can walk you through the Bible to show you what happens to that box. At some point, finally, some enemy, Babylon, came to invade Israel. And the box disappeared. Till today, they don't know what has happened to the box. Some people believe the box is in Africa. Some people believe the box is in Israel, hidden somewhere. Some people believe the box has been destroyed. But what you and I need to know, to tell you how much the box was missing, after the captivity in Babylon and the people came back, they built a new temple. That's what we call the Temple of Solomon. That's where the box used to be placed. Where the enemy came and destroyed the temple. Level it to the ground. And then take God's people into captivity. Now, after they've been gone 60, 70 years, they came back to rebuild a new temple. That's the Temple of Zerubbabel. Then they rebuild again under King Herod. But those two other new temples, there was no box in the house. There's a lesson there because many people are having church, but God is not there. careful the church you join. <laughs> Make sure the presence of God is in the house. Ladies and gentlemen, what I'm trying to tell you is that not only in your church, you need the presence of God in your home. Every day of your life. I never will forget, you know my story, I raised four girls. And one day, one of those girls was just screaming in her backyard. So I rushed there, you know, trying to figure out what on earth is going on. Of course, you have to rescue your child when they're in trouble. Then I found out, ladies and gentlemen, what happened is that there's a dog that is chasing this young girl. And the dog was by And I don't know why this young girl is scared. So I went there and grabbed her. And now she's in, in daddy's hand. And the dog would not go away. The dog was still barking. <laughs> oh, well, I'm not scared of the dog. So I noticed <laughs> little Joy. She looked at me. She noticed I'm not running from the dog. She looked at the dog. I don't know what she's thinking. She looked back at me again. 
for the time being, the dog is still. And then she looked back to the dog, and then she said, nah, 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 nah. There's a lesson there. Ladies and gentlemen, notice that the circumstances have not changed. The dog is still there. The dog is still barking. But what has changed is the presence of, his, of our daddy. I'm trying to help somebody. If you can get in the presence of God, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the most high shall abide under the shadow of the almighty. No devil can mess with you when you're in the presence of your daddy. Now you see why Joel could say na 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 na. I'm trying to help somebody. If you want to make it in this life, you need the presence of God. In this dispensation, you don't need to have a box. I'm glad the box disappeared because God don't believe in any image. Now the presence of God is in the person of Jesus Christ. Are you still here? You got to let Jesus go with you everywhere you go. God even make it easy for you. When Jesus ascended, he said it's important that I go. Because if I don't go, the Holy Ghost will not come. And guess what? That Holy Ghost now represents the presence of God. And guess where he lives? Guess where he dwells? Know ye not. That your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost. Amen. I got to warn you, I got to school you. The Holy Ghost will not force himself on you. You have to invite him. And you have to receive him. And you have to let him lead you and guide you. My assignment, ladies and gentlemen, is not only to call your attention to the importance of, of his presence, but to encourage you to be immersed in his presence. This is where your intimacy comes in. In order to be immersed in the Holy Spirit, you need to become intimate with him. I'm blessed to have a swimming pool. I told you I'm a blessed man. Ain't no shame in my game. God did it. Never saw a swimming pool in my life. 
We don't have swimming pool in my neck of the wood we are growing. I tell the world, not bragging, just letting God know that I'm grateful. But one thing I notice, Pastor Jovian, when I get inside that pool, since I don't know how to swim, I get inside and bury my head. And then when I come out of the water, guess what? Whatever I touch, get wet. Trying to help somebody. When you are immersed in the Holy Spirit, whatever you touch gets wet. Your family gets wet. Your place of employment, just because you are there at J.C. Penny, or just because you are there at Walmart, wherever, when you come out of the swimming pool, you are completely wet. And everywhere you step, get wet. Your finance. <laughs> Try to help somebody. Ladies and gentlemen, you are not supposed to lack anything. God was so sure about it, he said, even wealth and riches, they dwell in your house. The Bible says you ought to be like a tree. Hey, don't turn me up. This is a set free day. You ought to be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Bringing forth your fruit in your season. And whatever you do, whatever you touch, it gets wet. Say amen to that. I'm believing God for your family to get wet because you wait. I'm believing God for your children to get wet because you wait. I'm believing God for your finances to get wet because you wait. I'm believing God for your business to get wet because you wait. I'm believing God whether you work for the school board, whether you work for the city, whether you work for a private company, just because you're there. Can you all handle the truth? How do you get to this state in life? I submit to you, ladies and gentlemen, silver and gold I don't have, but such as I have, I'm giving to you. The secret to being immersed in God the secret for everything you touch to turn into gold. The secret for your seed. David said, the righteous never forsaken. Even their seed would never beg. The secret is your intimacy with God. What is intimacy? I'm glad you asked. All you need to do is stay connected. 
Intimacy with God means you're connected. Are you listening to me? Even with your family, even with your spouse, many of you, you're having trouble in your marriage because you don't have intimacy. Oh, he's getting married quiet here now. Ladies, say, I never will forget, uh, we were counseling. My wife and I did counseling together. And bless God, the couple showed up, you know. And, and so I, I asked a simple question, you know, because I know what the problem is. I said, how often do you all connect? The husband said, hardly ever. I said, please explain to me. Because English is my second language. You know. The husband said, only on Saturdays. I said, okay, now I feel you. I get you now. That's my sister. How often do you connect? The wife said, constantly. I said, please break that to my level. Break it down, you know. She said, every Saturday. One said, only on Saturday. The other one said, every Saturday. Now I can tell we're on two different pages. Guess what's missing? Intimacy. How intimate are you with God? How often do you hang out with God? Lack of intimacy is the reason why many relationships are shut down. See, all the amen go quiet now. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm using the natural to explain the supernatural. Because when you lose intimacy with your husband, with your wife, ladies and gentlemen, you now become mere roommates. And nobody shouting at you. You think you are married, but that marriage has been dead long time. Like the rod of Aaron. You need a resurrection in that marriage. Now you see why I don't have too many friends. Somebody needs to tell the truth. Living under the same roof, well, you're just roommates. Intimacy is the glue that will sustain any relationship. God wants to be intimate with you. Married couple messed up so bad. They don't have this thing I call connection. That's what intimacy is. And as a result, they begin to look for connection outside. And you don't even know you are the cause of your own problem. 
Because you have a man, you have a woman in the house who is crying out for intimacy. But you are too busy doing stupid, useless things. Oh, nobody shout now. Now you can see how God feels. I hear the Holy Spirit say, I miss my time with you. I see you're busy. You're in the church, you're cutting grass. You're at home cooking, cleaning. I'm not interested in your cooking. I can go to the restaurant. I got money to buy food. I want you. You know what the Holy Spirit is saying to the church? I'm not interested in your peace. I'm not interested in your decorations. I'm not interested in your stupid traditions. I want my time with you. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we need intimacy with God. Let me say this. I see my brother standing there. You see, in my house, <laughs> see, what I do for a living is to make the word of God simple so that everybody can understand God. I have what you call a sprinkler system. We were so hot this year, we were registering, and the weather people were telling us 100, 105. 107. But thank God for sprinkler system. All you need to do is press one button and the sprinklers all over the property. They will rise up. Try to help somebody. But you know, Pastor Shirley, mine didn't rise up. I say, what? <laughs> so I call repair people in. I say, this thing is supposed to get up and, and spread water all over the property. It don't matter how hot it is. My grass ought to be looking green. So the gentleman began to, to, to investigate. So he went to the machine. There's some machine on the wall. He worked on it. He said, Dr. Dara, you have no problem with power. You got plenty of power. He said, I got to do more investigation. So he went there and started to dig in my yard. And then he discovered what the problem is. I said, talk to me. And he said, the problem is that there is a disconnection. Between your power source and your sprinkler system. You want to know why churches are powerless? No impact. Having a form of godliness with no 
power behind it. It's a disconnection between the church. <laughs> you see why God sent you this kind of preachers. We need to reconnect with the power. And all of a sudden, when my sprinkler system is reconnected, all of a sudden, I thought there was a deliverance taking place in my property. Every one of those. If you want your preaching, pastors, listen to me. I told the preacher, I said, all of you can preach. That's not our problem. But what is missing is the anointing. God said, I am divine. You are the branches. Except you connect with me. You're just wasting your time. Oh, you got mighty quiet there. Those precious pastors, they're still calling. I say, where does this kind of wisdom come from? I say, it's in the word of God. Without God, we can do nothing. You're trying to run a business. You're trying to run a family. You're trying to work in the church. You're wasting time. You cannot sing without the anointing. You cannot preach without the anointing. Except you abide in him and his word abide in you. You're just wasting time. What is the message? The reason... Why you may need intimacy is because we need authority behind what we do. I'm believing God for every member of my ministerial team to be intimate with God. I'm believing God for every one of my deacons to be intimate with God. I don't care about your title. I'm believing God for every one of my deaconess to be intimate with God and stay intimate with God. I want every one of my musicians, every one of my singers, everyone doing the work of ministry here at Zion Hill, get intimate with God. Let me say this in conclusion. There is a planet called Pluto. Am I right about it? This would be a good time for me to who? No, I'm just kidding. The Lord said no, no, no plane anymore. Teach the word. My flesh do want to hoop there. I feel it. <laughs> Praise the Lord. See, Pluto, ladies and gentlemen, if you, when you get a chance, go Google it. Pluto is Cold, cold, cold. See, I told you I went to school. Just like yours. Now, there's another planet called Mercury. Mercury is hot, hot, hot. 
What's the difference between the two? Their distance from the sun. Are you listening to me? Notice how God explained that in your Bible. If you draw near to me, I will draw near to you. The reason why many of us are cold, cold, cold is because we are too far, far. <laughs> I'm trying to help somebody. Let's begin from today. If you're praying one time a day, double it. Did you hear what I said? If you're fasting one week a year, double it. Increase your level of commitment. You know one thing I found out about women? Don't get mad at me. I learned it from Sister Elizabeth. The more committed you are to your woman, the more they do for you. Are you listening to me? Oh, ain't nobody shouting now because I'll be telling the truth. If you would just learn to be committed to God, God would go. He will blow your socks up with blessings. Oh, I learned that. I mean, you treat your woman right, she'll kiss your toenail. <laughs> I think I need to stop here. In conclusion, <laughs> my message to you is very simple. The closer you are to God, the closer he will to you. But let me say this in conclusion. Can I make one more, one more point? No more point. I promise my, this is my last point. See, one of the things I learned here in, in Louisiana is that we are blessed to have the longest river in the whole world. Ain't that something? You know why, why I talk very big now? I go places, they want me to talk to them about Mardi Gras. I say, forget Mardi Gras. I talk to them about the riches and the blessings here in Louisiana. And one of those blessings, ladies and gentlemen, is River Mississippi. We have not even begun to tap all the blessings that could come through that river. Every now and then I get to, to talk to these big people. The new government is a friend. There's a gentleman who just got elected as the speaker of the U.S. Congress. Believe it or not, he was an employee right here at the LC where I work. Listen to me. 
you a place and you don't even know it, sir. Louisiana College is what we were at that time. We're now Louisiana Christian University. We were going to start a law school. And guess who we hired as the dean of that law school? Mike Johnson, who is now the speaker for the U.S. Congress. You're blessed with a pastor that has access. It's called the favor of God. But here's what I want to talk about. As, as good and as mighty as loaded River Mississippi is, let me tell you how the kingdom of God works. If you go to River Mississippi, you can catch it in Baton Rouge. You can catch it all, all over the state here. If you go there with a cup, guess how much water you're going to get? A cup full. <laughs> you would not be able to get no more than a cup because that's all you brought. Now, if Minister Shirley go there, she go smarter than me. She go there with a bucket. Guess how much water she's going to get. I got a cup full. Now she got a bucket full. Well, let's suppose Edith got smart. Heard about what Shirley did. And then Edith showed with a barrel. Guess how much water Miss Edith Stewart going to get? A barrel. What if somebody named Dayton William from, from Marshall showed up with a trailer? I'm glad to have somebody. See, Data William is going back to Maxfield with a trailer load full of water. But notice whether you bring a cup, whether you bring a bucket, whether you bring a barrel, whether you bring a trailer, Mississippi has enough water. To fill up everybody. But how much you're going to get depends on what you brought. Now, I finally got to my topic. Now unto him who is able. You know what I've been trying to tell you? Mississippi is able. It can supply everybody water. And your God is able. God is able to bless you. God is able to heal you. God is able to pay your bill. God is able to bless your children. God is able to make a way out of no way. God is able. Shadrach, Meshach, and Bad Negro say, Our God is able. It's about time we all recognize that. The problem is what we bring to God. The Bible says he's able to do exceedingly. 
He's able to do abundantly. He's able to do above what you can ask, what you can think. He is the keeper. What you get out of it is according to what's in you. That's where your cup, your bucket, your trailer comes in. All I've been trying to do all morning, sometimes I play jokes, sometimes I... Oh, my anointing is to bring the word of God into context that even a five-year-old can understand it. And all I've been trying to tell you, reconnect with God. Get intimate with him. You need his presence. You need his protection. You need his hand in everything you do. I rest my case. Everybody stand to your feet. Touch somebody next to you. Hold your hands. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hey, Pastor Reed, you come up. You dress like the choir today. Amen. You come and pray for us. Hey, just let God use you. This is your church. Make yourself home. I really believe in the power of agreement. From the pulpit to the pew, all of us, we need to be connected with God. We need to be intimate with God. We need to stay connected. Our pressing iron will never do you any good unless it's connected to the power source. Maybe there are needs in the house today. I want us to believe God that God will heal that God will save, that God will bless. Every time I hear about you, I want to hear good report. And whenever the devil shows his ugly head, don't get discouraged. This battle is not yours. It's the Lord. the Father of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Here we are once more and again. Lord, I feel your handmaid, sir. Lord, we come right now with bowed down heads and contrast hearts. Lord, we come right now saying thank you. Lord, thank you for watching over us last night. Lord, thank you for watching over we slept and slumbered in dreamland. But Lord, early this morning, you touched it with a finger of love and our eyes behold another day. That wasn't promised. And Lord, we say thank you. Lord, we ask you to just watch over us right now. Lord, we ask you to lead and guide us. Show us the way right now, Lord. Lord, we know that you have all power in your hands. 
And Lord, we thank you right now. And Lord, if we had 10,000 tongues, we couldn't thank you enough. But Lord, we want to thank you first and foremost, dear Lord, for your daughter and son, Jesus, who hung, bled, and died on Calvary's cross, that we may have a right to the tree of life. And Lord, because of his death, burial, and resurrection, Lord, we're able to come boldly before your throne of grace and ask what we may have received it right now. In Jesus' name, Lord, we come asking first and foremost for forgiveness. Lord, forgive us for any sins we may have committed. Lord, those sins known and unknown, seen and unseen, spoken and unspoken, heard and unheard. Lord, please have mercy on our soul. Lord, we ask that you keep us covered in your blood right now. Lord, wash it from our unrighteousness. Lord, search our hearts and minds right now. If you find anything, anything that none of you, Lord, has remove it right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, we ask that you strip us where we can build us up where we torn down. Lord, lead and guide us in the direction you have us to go. And Lord, never our will, but let your will be done in our life. And Lord, we thank you, dear Lord, that we're connected to you through the blood, dear Lord. That blood that covers us, dear Lord. That blood that washes us as white as snow. We thank you for that blood that was shed for the remission of our sin. And Lord, we ask that you move right now by your spirit. Lord, move upon this church right now. Move upon our pastor right now. Lord, move upon any church that's gathered in your name right now. Just please have mercy right now. Lord, move on those in the hospitals, dear Lord. Move on those in the nursing home, sick on their bed of affliction, Lord. But we know one touch from you. I'll make everything all right. Please say have mercy right now. Look over that child, that mother, that brother, your Lord, that uncle, that daddy, that father is behind prison wall. Please say have mercy right now, Lord. Let them know you're the same God yesterday, today, and forever. What you do for one, you do it for all. And Lord, we know that you're a doctor that never lost a patient. We know you're a lawyer that never lost a case. And Lord, we thank you for watching over us. We thank you for what you're about to do for us. We thank you for what you're doing for us. And Lord, we ask you to continue to walk with us, lead us and guide us in the direction you have us to go. And never our will, but that your will be done in our life. And we'll be so humble. We'll be so grateful to always give you all the glory, all the praise, and all the honor. In your daughter and son, Jesus, let the church say amen. 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 What for the Father? One for the Son and one for the Holy Spirit. This concludes our worship experience today. If you're looking for a church home, please come forward. The pastor and his wife will receive you to welcome you and bless you. And now may the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ love of God and the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit. I pray that you will rest, rule, and abide with every one of us from now on and forevermore. And the church said, Amen. God bless you.